Welcome back to the Look Who's Talking. It's the almost Super Bowl edition of your favorite Canadian NFL podcast. Remember to always go with your gut instinct, because if you're going to be wrong, you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I knew it. <laughs> we got news that matters. We got news that doesn't. We got sorry picks, props, Super Bowl bets that are smart, and Super Bowl bets that aren't. Don't pretend you're an anthem expert. Stick with the football. Here we go. Freestyle. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking. I'm your host, Jeff Hewlett. It's our almost Super Bowl edition of your favorite Canadian podcast. Uh, brought to you, of course, by Huck Media. We are joined, as always, by the voice of God, Brett Waits. How you doing? Fantastic, Jeffrey. Beautiful. Uh, weird mics in Bangkok. Uh, good luck, Thailand. You're going to need it. <laughs> he just likes to do this belly out selfie thing. It's exactly what it sounds like. He sticks his belly out, takes a selfie. So he pretty much ruins every nice structure or wonder of the world in the world. Guy travels a lot, too. That's a lot of ruining uh, stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, anyway, he, uh, he had some picks. We're going to get into that later. Uh, Jacksonville came through on the spread. But as we all saw, uh, it was Patriots Day uh, in the AFC. Tom's 40 years old, all right? Tom's 40 years old. Stop putting him on some sort of pedestal where it's like, well, that's Tom Brady. He's a human being. He's a man. And there's some of the highest paid millionaire athletes, you know, in the United States uh, paid to, uh, you know, tackle him every single player of their career. And uh, he's still kicking and dominating. And it's pretty impressive to see. You'll be telling your kids about Tom Brady one day. So stop thinking you're too old for anything, all right? <laughs> got buddies that, uh, you know, like, you know, come on. You don't want to play hockey on like a Tuesday night because you're like 28. <laughs> yeah. If you pack it in early, you're, you're going to die early. You're going to slow down. Like, just keep it going. Just, just, just keep doing awesome stuff that you want to do. And uh, you'll want to keep your body able to do it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And as a, one, a wise man once said, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. Re that's, that's good. Right? What wise man? Was that your, was that your pops? Zachary. <laughs> All right. The owner of Kipling Studios. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 you know what? The doctor of McGillery. Um, yeah, we're here at Kipling Studios. Wherever you're joining us all over the world, thanks for joining us, making look who's talking what it is. We're going to keep going with it. We're fired up, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, ni hao, priviet, hola, bonjour. Hello. Uh, it's the Super Bowl. Some of the best uh, football memories of your whole life are from the Super Bowl. Some of them are uh, absolute ass beatings, but uh, you know, some of them some pr produced some of, some of the best football we've seen, especially the recent ones. Not really going to talk about the ones in black and white. It wasn't there. I assume Otto Graham was awesome. Those stats, you know, you can't really farve with those. But I'm not seeing the same athleticism on defense in some of these black and white footage. Maybe that's something to do with uh, the technology. I don't know. Yeah. How do you even watch those? Like, you got to order them from the NFL? Like, yeah. I'm not going back to watch the, I mean... I tell you one the, thing, the original there, Super Bowl. There's some, there's, but I'm not. This isn't to discount anyone from that era. I mean, let, there's something to be said about the guys that just smoked darts and won championships. You know? Oh yeah. The Green Bay receiver from Super Bowl one, I, I think. I don't remember his name. Uh, write in on our Facebook page or Hughes Talk if you know his name. But he was wasted from partying at the Super Bowl. Was late for the game. Showed up, caught I think two touchdowns. Won the game for Green Bay. 
how you doing? That's the fifties. Gotta respect that that style. But yeah, like Joe Namath had yeah. like a dart, a beer, and a coke in in at halftime. Mario Lemieux used to have a dart at every second intermission. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's they, amazing. They didn't really lift weights, I think, until like the twelfth year of his Canadians. career. Yep. Screw it. Bought the team. You know? Yeah. <laughs> America. Like, hey, what a place. You know, it's pretty awesome. Uh, good for you, Mario. One of the only guys, like, you know, just when I met him, I was literally like, huh, you know? Uh, yeah. Hey, we're fired up for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's Eagles, Patriots, your host, Jeff Hewlett, called it. Uh, at least last week, we told you Eagles were going to win uh, straight up. Uh, keep in mind, Minnesota was going to lose that game in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, by the luck, the same amount of luck or, you know, non-luck. Did you ever see the YouTube video? The guy got struck by lightning twice. No. <laughs> YouTube and folks, you what? will thank the show. Guy gets struck by lightning twice. It's not fake. He's just running. Like, hey, how are you? Okay. There's a couple people that come by in the video. It's some alley, you know, and they walk by and you're, and I've seen the video before. I'm like, man, this couple, you guys should stick around. But <laughs> something far and crazy is about to happen. Guy's just jogging, gets struck by lightning. All right. Goes down. It's just some security footage. Like, no one's around. He just, like, 30 seconds later sort of gets up, kind of sitting there. You see him thinking to himself, like, what the hell just Farvin happened to me? Then he's like, you can see him thinking, like, the wife's never going to believe this. And he gets up. He starts to jog away, like, oh, my God, I lived. Boom! Struck by lightning again. Wow. Like, not dead. Not dead, for those of you panicking in your car. The guy, the dude's alive. All right? Well, at least, like, you know, he, he, he got up. Started walking away, like looked up at the sky, <laughs> like what the farm is going on. Eventually yeah. died of a paper cut. Yeah. Well, you know what? Probably died of stress from his wife not believing him. <laughs> like once, maybe. Twice? No way. Where did all these burns come from? Anyway. Lightning. Don't Twice. wear metal hats, folks. You know? <laughs> uh anyway. Uh where uh, yeah, yeah. So same sort of lucky play. <laughs> I tied it up uh, as the Minnesota Stefan Diggs Minneapolis miracle. Uh, but we saw it coming. They're supposed to lose that game. Defense got exposed. And uh, Philadelphia, with a great game plan by Coach Doug Peterson, uh, Brett Favre's old buddy from Green Bay, backup quarterback for the Packers with Favre, the last time the Eagles played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah, great game plan. Nick Foles, you know what? He didn't just game manage that game. He threw some dimes. Oh, my God. And a bunch of them. Not just, it wasn't just dink and dunk, dink and gut, dunk, and then. I think he and Carson might have switched bodies. Uh, it, like, I, like, when have we ever seen that from Foles? That, like, definitely not this season. Maybe in that seven-touchdown game he had a couple of years back. This heavily supports but, the Jeff Fisher wow. theory again. Yeah. I mean, he looked great. The, the, the pass to Torrey Smith, fantastic catch over his opposite shoulder right in the corner, basically double-teamed. Nicest catch of the week. Or nicest, sorry, throw of the Great week. Great throw. That was wow. Vintage Torrey Smith. Got to give it to Nick Foles. And I don't think this is a one-game thing. I'm not, okay, he's, he's not the answer in Philly. Carson Wentz is better. I'm not saying he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But that guy, that guy should be starting somewhere next year. He, I, think he, I, think, I think Nick Foles. Oh, yeah. He just. I'm not saying he's even going to do great. But that guy deserves another chance under a team not coached by Jeff Fisher uh, to, do, to do some good things. He, you know, Absolutely. It, no, it's, uh, it's crazy what one game can do to you. But no, that, 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 the man is getting paid next year. Not get overhyped. I mean, okay, look, the, it's still going to be do your job three. And the Pats are still going to win I this game. don't want to jinx it. Yeah, uh, but, it would uh, be really great. My buddy's I'd dad, like my buddy, my buddy's dad, a buddy I coach with, is going to the United States because the last 
a couple times that the Pats have won miraculously. He's been watching somewhere not in Canada. And even though there's no plans to go outside of Canada for the Super Bowl this year, he's he's already booked hotels in Buffalo. Incredible. Hey, whatever you got to do to awesome. win. That's right? awesome. Uh, I have a friend who took his jersey off. He was wearing it for the first half of the game. He wasn't wearing it last year's Super Bowl. So he's like, no, I can't wear my Tom jersey. <laughs> I mean, I always have mine on for the you know playoff games. And I think it's going to be me well, but I think it's going to be pretty close though. I think Pats fans should be worried. Hey, the, the Jags had us worried. Weird Mike called oh. it. Uh, Weird Mike called it. Uh, game would be tight. Unfortunately, uh, Weird Mike. Yeah, Jags. Uh, Jags. Just like we we sort of predicted. Uh, eventually, the game. Uh, yeah, they're just. They're not used to that type of dance. You got to keep the pressure on the whole the whole time, and uh, especially against Tom. When they got that fumble recovery, uh, to go three and out there, that, that just can't happen. And everyone knew it can't happen. And if it's if you're gonna go three and out, you better take maximum time off the clock because you're gonna need every second. And uh, they didn't do that. They didn't get aggressive. They it was three and out. out it was coached. like it didn't happen. And they, yeah, they looked like a team that you know hadn't really been there before. And that was pass interference. Stop all this BS. It was pass interference. Chris Carter, who is by no means a Patriots fan, expertly explained it on air. Yep. That, yeah, you when you put two hands on the receiver... And you don't look back. And look back and push the guy out of bounds. By the way, A.J. Bowie was on Juju Smith-Schuster in the Steelers game, and they were they showed highlights of what I talked about last week. Missed pass interference calls in the, in the second half on Juju uh, from A.J. Bowie. Uh, anyway, we're going to break down those games a little bit uh, coming up. Thank you for... Every- Thank you for everyone who's been uh, messaging our Facebook page and hitting us up on Instagram. Remember to follow us at Hughes Talking. And uh, yeah, get yourself on our social feeds. Get yourself a Look Who's Talking t-shirt or hat from Team LTD. Woo! Man, I love the Super Bowl. I'm, fire- I'm fired up. Love the Super Bowl as well. Love how diehard um, all the football coverage is for a solid two weeks. And when the Patriots are in, they get to talk about Tom Brady's legacy for two weeks. Um, which, yeah, I'll, uh, pretty much any time there's media content out there, I will digest it um, if it's talking about the Patriots or Tom. At least it's just more interesting. It, you know, like, love them, hate them. You're going to watch. Honestly, you know, ja- Jags, Eagles, Jags, Vikings, I might, you know, miss more of. I might be at a bar that I don't need to watch the game every second. I don't know. You, know, you want, yeah, you want to see people performing. You want to see hail marys and awesome throws. You don't want to see a game manager. How about this? When a team gets down twenty-eight to three, you want to look at your buddy and be like, "Nah, this game ain't over." Okay, if it's twenty-eight-three with any of the other teams, it's over. You yeah, know? You, you want an entertaining product, um, and I think that's definitely what you'll get. A Super Bowl rematch, and there's a lot of storylines here. Yep. You know, yeah, Philly's going for their first Super Bowl. Um, you know, prior to the AF. AFL NFL merger. Um, you know they won some championships, but they have never won a Super Bowl. So yeah, Philly fans are are hungry for it. Which man, we saw coming. All right, uh, and even when I say we, I, I've been, I was on the Eagles all week. Weird Mike was not, and that leads us into our truth of the week. Man, yeah, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Truth of the week, folks, is go with your gut. All right? Go with your gut. Because you know what? Your gut isn't your stomach. Your gut instinct is actually your mind. Making crazy amounts of calculations that you would even call algorithms of all the known information 
emotions going into the game, and everything you could possibly know with all your knowledge, experience, research, casual reading, and just sort of general sense for the air that day. It's an algorithm. It's your mind. Actually, it's your mind setting off an alarm. It's like your own CIA department, and you're the president of it, and it's got to do all the work and come up to you with a one-word opinion. You know, yes or no. Uh, you know, take the job, don't take the job. Uh, call her, don't call her. Or in this case, Eagles or Vikings, all right? That same gut instinct that I told Weird Mike all week to take the Vikings, just, hey, I'll give him credit. He picked them all year, and it was really successful for him. And he was on it. I'll give him Weird Mike one thing. Uh, he has a good feel for games, too. Like, he, if, we, you know, we've gone to some Bills games together. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a weirdo, but... He, he knows what he's talking about. He'll walk into a stadium and he'll sell, sense something that maybe might affect one of the opposing teams. It might be something far and weird, too. Often, it might not matter sometimes. I mean, you can walk into a game like, whoa, bro. Really smells like chocolate in here. It might be like a chocolate factory on fire, bro. And um, we're like, of course, of course that's not happening. But hey, it might smell like chocolate a lot. Yo, there's a chocolate factory right near the Chargers home stadium. This is like a home game for them, bro. Home game, all right? Comes back at halftime with like two chocolate Sundays because the Chargers are winning by seven. It's a chocolate day. It's a chocolate day, boys, you know? Forever refers to it as the chocolate bet and the Chargers win. Uh, this might be a ridiculous example, but he usually has a uh, good feel for games. All week he, picked, he was on the Vikings. His gut instinct over a, a long period of time. And on this show, he didn't officially pick the Vikings. Kind of uh, farved out of that one. But, uh, which we'll get to later, folks, make decisions in life. You can't reward yourself for just picking nothing, okay? You're never right. You're also never wrong. Uh, my left thumb didn't pick any games this weekend. It's because it's a thumb. All right, I'm a human being. I'm going to pick some. But I'll give him credit. He basically picked the Vikings without officially saying it. But you know what? I was with him watching the, the end of that uh, Jags-Patriots game. Jags covered the spread. He's pretty fired up with, it, with his, uh, his call there. Didn't get, didn't get the win. He's sitting there, and normally he'll tell you every single bet, you know, pick he'd make. I got a loony on the Trailblazers-Clippers game first half. Yeah, we'll throw it on. We'll go back to the hockey in a second. You know, Dewey's just, hey, go back to the hockey right now, all right? And watching the Blazers-Clippers. But the point is he'll tell you. His gut instinct told him the under, even if it was just a loony. He's been all Vikings all year. Biggest game of their year. And he's looking at his phone, and he just kind of gets up, and he's like, well, let's go Vikings. <laughs> like he knew it. But he, he went against his own gut instinct, which was telling him to take the Eagles. Because he, he, as soon as we turned on the pregame, the place was going nuts. And the thoughts of the Minneapolis miracle was over. His own gut instinct was telling him no. It was like a poker hand that he knew he lost, but he wanted to see the cards. Don't do that in life, folks. Your gut instinct... It's the same thing that told you the first decision in the first place. And now that you've changed your mind, you know, you're scared of it. Well, this happened fast. Your mind's an amazing thing. Listen to it, all right? Anyway, Weird Mike's a smart football guy who just this one particular game didn't listen to himself. He went against his gut. Don't. Don't disagree with your own opinion. Let it change. Let it adapt. Like for me, a couple years ago, I got a call a couple days later, I had to decide to go to China for six months or not. It wasn't in the plans. You know what? The plans have changed. Situation has changed. Suddenly, the gut instinct that was telling me to stay, you know what? Time to go. Change my mind. Went. 
Go with your gut, folks. Go with your gut. It's actually your mind working faster than you can even comprehend. And the alarms are going off. And those alarms were screaming, fly, Eagles, fly. Because Case Keenum, uh, you know what? He was overrated all year. He played excellent. I think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. We'll get into that in a second. That's my gut. But go with your gut in life, folks. All right? You don't want to sit in the mirror after and be like, ah, I knew it. You want to win. Look in the mirror and be like, I knew it. That's how you get to Super Bowls. Yeah, you're never upset when you go with your gut and it, you know, in the off chance, you, right? You lose. But people trust it because they get confused. Well, when you the, go against it, that's when you. Kick people yourself. think gut is their stomach. Like, well, my gut hurts. Like when their stomach hurts. Your gut is your mind. It's it's your mind setting off a one word alarm. Like, yes, it's your mind, dude. In, it's your do it. Mind in your belly. It's your belly mind. Even if you promise yourself, and maybe you're mad, at, like your family member or something, you know, and you're, you said you work in a column like for forever. It's been years. But all of a sudden, you get that gut instinct. You know what? Maybe I should call him. Call him or her. Call her. Life's too short. Stubbornness breeds more stubbornness. And then life turns cold. Go with your gut. Call him. Fly, Eagles, fly. Like Mark Wahlberg. By the way, follow us on uh, Instagram at Who's Talking. We, we, our picture pre-game, an hour, a couple hours before the game, was of Danny Amendola predicting he'd have a big game and go over on catches, which he did. You're welcome. Uh, we said Gronk would go over. Hey, big tree fall hard. All right, he's sp- Gronk spiked himself into the ground. Uh, yeah, maybe stop taking tight ends and props. They're killing Travis Kelsey two yards before in that game with uh, Kansas City a couple weeks ago. What are you gonna do? Uh, but Weird Mike was on the Vikings. We'll give him credit. He's also on the Jags, and uh, he's in Bangkok though, which means there's considerably less finger clapping going on in here. Uh, that's right. Weird Mike doesn't clap with both hands. Two fingers on the palm of the other. Yep. Don't do that, folks. A little bit douchey. Like saying the word lovely, you know? If you're a man, you're either gay, and that's okay, you know? Or, or you're straight, and that's douchey, you know? <laughs> Don't say lovely. Don't finger clap. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on. To hear from the Lord himself in the house of Kipling. With News and Matters, Brent Waits. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Thank you, Jeff. All right, News and Matters. Uh, quick recap of the two games that we saw this past Sunday. Starting off in the AFC with the Patriots and the Jaguars. Pats moving on after 24-20 final quarter miraculous victory, um, which if any other team or quarterback you know, had that game, that would be you know, the complete news story, and everyone would be freaking out about it, but uh, it's just... So routine for Tom Brady and the Patriots that it kind of gets brushed aside. It was not even brushed aside. It was also just kind of expected. I mean, at least when I was watching it, as soon as they got the ball back after the fumble, I mean, even non-Pats fans are like, nah, it's seven minutes, eight minutes. Like, this is a, this is like, you're automatically now thinking the Jaguars up by 10 should probably conserve time because they'll need it. Honestly. Even Vegas, the live line with Patriots down by 10 in the fourth quarter wasn't even really juicy enough to take. But, uh, yeah, not yeah. even a surprise anymore. Yeah, we, uh, we spoke last week about how the Jags have the recipe to beat the Pats with, you know, man, press man coverage and, you know, a huge pass rush. And that was really, you know, the story of the first half of the game. Um, they looked awesome. And Bortles was playing, you know, some of the best football of his entire career. Um, you know, Pats opened up the scoring with a field goal on the opening drive. And then, yeah, Bortles moving the ball, making some dime passes. Like, I'm watching this, and Pats' D is extremely underrated. 
And I'm just like, no, this is not you. Like, what? what is this? Very frustrating. Um, and But yeah, Fournette was panning the ball, looking real great. And all of a sudden, the Jags are up 14-3, to which wasn't great. But against a you know, suffocating D, it wasn't the most welcoming feeling. Right. Um, you know, Pats get themselves into this position a lot. And any, you know, diehard Pats fan, you kind of think like, well, yeah, maybe this is that one time it doesn't go our way. And, you know, things don't work out. Uh, but it wasn't uh, because <laughs> the Jags played three great quarters of football, yep. followed by one very poor quarter of football, very poopy. Um, <laughs> couple key plays that kind of define the game. Um, Soft coverage on the third and 18, right off the bat, just in my head. Well, yeah, obviously huge momentum. Um, yeah, third and 18, you know, the success rate of converting on those, I can't imagine, is um, in double digits. You know, very, very low. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that really turned the tide, obviously, and kept the drive alive. And Big time. that's pretty much when everyone at home who wasn't convinced already that the Patriots were going to win it. Um, but before half, the Pats had just put points on the board. They had cut the lead. It's 14 10. There's 50 seconds left on the clock. Jags have the ball. And they decide, nah, we're good. We're just, uh, you know, this is what the Patriots do all the time. They get the ball at the end of the half, and then they start it. They start yeah. with it in the next half, and they put points on the board in both in both drives. Um, Biggest mistake of the game. Yeah, um, checked it out, and not once this entire season had that happened. They had both their timeouts, so they just let the clock run out. Um, but yeah, nowhere in the manual to beat the Patriots. Does it say waste time with the ball, and, the, especially in the first half, and let your foot off the gas? Yep. Yeah. No. Um, no. All it, the way down, like like Will Ferrell and the other guys. You know, did you put your foot all the way down to the floor? Never press the accelerator to the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you say, did you scream America? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the official movie of our show, by the way, folks. Watch the other guys. You'll yeah. be you you. If you've only seen it once, that's uh, about twelve times too few. <laughs> yeah. And trust me. Yeah, the movie. Like it's like f- sex. You you, you want to do it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a fine wine. Actually, no. That's, Aim that for the Farvin bushes. Watch uh, the other guys, and you'll thank it's us. It's on la- Netflix. You'll thank us later. Yeah, yeah. Three times this week, please. <laughs> Another big thing from this game that a lot of people are talking about on social media and Pat's haters and tinfoil hat um, psychos are freaking out about is the imbalance of penalties in this game. Um, so the Jags had six for a total of 98 yards, and the Pats had one against them. And when you read it like that, like even the NFL tweeted out that like pretty much verbatim, um, just, you know, that black and white. And it looks like this horrible imbalance, this injustice to the Jags. And oh, my God, the Pats, you know, they're paying the refs like, <laughs> no, like watch the game. Um, obviously, like, you know, we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, Brandon Cook's the A.J. Bouye play. He put two hands on him and he, you know, pushed him out of bounds. That's pass interference. The, the hit on Gronk, they took him out of the game. That's direct helmet-to-helmet contact. And, yeah, 15 yards right there. So, okay, the, there we go. We're already, you know, clock uh, cutting away at the 98 yards there. And yeah. and, uh, and knowing the Pats coaching staff, like, I bet they told Cooks that. Hey, we're going to throw it deep. And we're going to, like, a deep ball, but short. And when you try to go back for it, Bowie's going to put his hands on you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in, I just, that's the way they sort of coach. Any, any smart... You know, teams should be practicing how to draw penalties like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, instead of just retweeting that stat um, about this horrific imbalance of penalties, 
how about you show me a clip where the Pats deserved one and they didn't it didn't get called against them? And even if you did, there's a couple of those each game both ways. Uh, like, I just what, Scott, the officiating wasn't the game. You lost. You you played worse than the other team. Yeah, Patriots won. It wasn't lucky. It wasn't like the Minneapolis miracle. You no. just you played good. You came out to play. That you you know New England punted a lot in the first half. That was that was. Solid defense. Yeah. No, and like... Kalei Campbell, uh, uh, Telvin Smith, um, Malik Jackson. Man, these guys could play. Now, unfortunately, they, don't have a, they still don't have a quarterback. And uh, I think for, uh, I think Jacksonville is going to go back to the depths of probably not making the playoffs next year, let's be honest. Luck's healthy. Hughes, Deshaun Watson's healthy. That, that division's insanely yeah, that, tough. That's four wins you had. That yeah. You're not getting four wins there. See you later. Hope that was fun. Enjoy your AFC Championship uh, experience. But yeah, they've got a ton of money um, tied up in that All-Star D. Yep. They've got, you know, the perfect... They'll be competitive. To- yeah, oh yeah. But that's just, that division's just going to like, you know, they're all going to split games, you know, so you're going to be always like a wild card. I don't know. It's just, but yeah. They're in win-now mode. I mean, they've got that perfect combination of, obviously, the You're up the by studs. 10 in the AFC Championship game in the fourth quarter. In, and, and, like, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are still alive and playing. That's going to be a spot I predict Jacksonville won't be in for a long time. Yeah, with a better QB, you probably win that game because yeah. you're not playing so timid and you're, you know, you're going to let your quarterback win you the game and, and air it out and make the plays. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jacksonville, hope you enjoyed the experience, man. Get some hats. Uh, by the way, stop doing guarantees. They're, they're done. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, we're going we to gonna win next week. We're going to Super Bowl. We're going to win that bitch. Don't ever do that when you're playing New England. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you not? Just shut up, man. Yeah. You got a tough task ahead of you. The best quarterback of all time is your opponent. You know? Yeah. I think the Direct other- opponent. He's the one, you know, trying to outsmart you. Yeah, he... he- don't get him angry. Don't. That's the last thing. Don't poke the bear. And okay? you're probably not going to win. Yeah. So I don't know. Stop. Guarantees, unless you are, yeah, I don't know, nobody. Unless you're the Patriots, the anti-guarantee team. Uh, until some guy well, breaks my rule and does a guarantee and then beats Tom. Uh, stop. <laughs> so Moving on to the NFC Championship game, Eagles-Vikes. It was a bit of a blowout. It got ugly quick with a 38-7 finish for the Eagles, the hometown underdogs. Um, you know, coming into this game with no pressure, and they just went out there and did their thing. They're a deep team on every, you know, facet of the game. And, yeah, Big Dick Nick came to ball. <laughs> yep. We've never seen him play like that. He whipped it out. <laughs> for all you Seinfeld fans. Uh, yeah, he started. Vikes started off strong, opening the game on a TD, and that was the last they would lead the game uh, the entire day or score points for that matter. Yep. Uh, two huge plays by Philly D in the first half, forcing a red zone turnover, and then in another pick six, uh, Mr. Pat Robinson ran it in um, off Chris Long uh, with this nice knocking of of his four or our you know uh, bicep there, which affected the pass. Yeah, two huge additions uh, to the team this year. Um, yeah, Chris Long had a huge day. He also recovered the fumble um, yep. in the red zone. Um, big day. But, yeah, a couple key injuries on Minnesota's offensive line, and they re- it showed. They really had no answer for Fletcher Cox all day. Keenum was pressured often and forced him to make some rush throws. And, you know, kind of, yeah. Hey, I mentioned last week on the show, I, I, I said the Eagles would win outright, and I said the game would go over, and I know the Eagles would almost get the over by themselves. But, hey, 
Look, when you're right, you're right. And I've, I've been wrong plenty of times. We are basically 500 for the season. Uh, it was kind of a crazy season. But I really had a good feeling about the Eagles last week. Uh, hometown dogs, Minnesota is playing above their skill level, especially at key positions. And uh, again, one extra day of rest. Didn't the Eagles just come out looking a bit hotter? They played the early game on Saturday last week against the Falcons. And Minnesota's in the late game on Sunday night. Most thrilling game of their lives. Most of the guys probably didn't sleep for a couple days. And then, boom, Wednesday hits. Oh, yeah, we got to go play the Eagles yeah. in, in, in fan hell. Because Jesus, man, looks like a war zone. Yeah, I mean, Philly. Minnesota people are the opposite end of the coin. They're, like, so nice that, like, it's so unfathomable how Philly fans are. And as, like, a Buffalo guy, like, we're just like, yeah, well, we're kind of half used to it. Yeah, but, Philly fans got to be some of the most ruthless in the league. Dude, this, they almost destroyed the bus on the way out. Oh, Which, my God. Which, by the way, as long as no one got hurt, yeah, it's so far from awesome. All right, it's awesome. I don't care. As long as don't get hurt. That's, yeah, that's uh, a little salt on the wound. <laughs> yeah. After you lose that game, you're yeah. going home, and uh, the celebrating fans are whipping beers at the bus, like almost breaking the window. Old-time hockey. Uh, Old-time football. Yeah. Like but, the Packers receiver who got wasted and then basically was the MVP of the game. Yeah. The, uh, like, in that game, there's a perfect display of what the Jags should have done. Uh, in the final minutes, Foles aired it out for a huge touchdown to Al- Alshon. Yeah. 53-yard pass. Um, you know, be aggressive. Foot on the gas. Credit to Doug Peterson and, yeah, the whole coaching staff of the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey's a physical mismatch every, basically against every, any defensive player in the league. Maybe besides uh, Akib Talib. Uh, he's not necessarily as fast as, as like, you know, a Randy Moss, a Terrell Owens, but he's built the same way. And at three and a half, tar- uh, three and a half receptions, which has been his props number the last two playoff games, we're going to get to our props next week in our pre-Super Bowl propaganda. <laughs> uh, to get you ready for the Super Bowl, we're going to tell you smart Super Bowl bets and dumb Super Bowl bets to make. Uh, again, if you're not an anthem expert, don't bet on how long the anthem goes. Stick to the football. But some of them are kind of fun, like the Gatorade one. Which color is the Gatorade going to be? Blue tends to be the favorite. Uh, these are things you can bet on at your Super Bowl parties. By the way, if Bill Belichick wins, I'm, I'm betting he tells them, hey, okay, not my first rodeo. I don't want to be soaked in Gatorade for the next two hours. I'm going to go hang with my family and get some Wendy's, all right? You can just see a rookie try. <laughs> yeah, I might just up. get a death stare and be like, okay, sorry, coach. Yeah. It's like Brandon Cooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Traded. Theatric wise. Next, next day to Arizona. Yeah. Do you, uh, you see Bill actually show some emotion after they won the game? Yeah. I mean, Matt Patricia um, had a big you know, hug as well as Josh McDaniels, which it really is, you know, the, the, probably the last time, most definitely the last time they'll all be together on the same team, um, coaching in, at home in Gillette Stadium. So uh, kind of a cool moment. But, I mean, yeah, normally uh, you never see any emotion from Bill. Yeah. Bill, yeah. And he, like, let the emotion go for, like, five seconds. And he's fired up. Like, when he knows he's won, he does that really, like, happy grandpa clap, you know? Yeah. Like, kid just scored a hat trick and, like... I, I didn't even think I'd be at the game. Oh, my God. He did it. And then he remembers that he never does that, and he hates that. And it's the fastest it his body back. has moved. And yeah, yeah. It? Let the tiger out, Bill. All right? Enjoy life a bit. You're awesome. Did you see what he wore to the post-game press conference? I bet one. No. What? Oh, God. It was it was all time. Um, it looked like some sort of, like, 80s dance music video. But, like, he's got the cut-off sweatshirt. The neck was cut out. The sleeves were cut off. 
It didn't even have a Patriots logo on it. Like, I don't know what <laughs> garbage bag he pulled this out of in an attic. But, yeah, it was just hilarious. And, yeah, Chirp Brady in the press conference. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, congrats, you know. Congrats on the victory. You know, Tom played great. And made a lot of key passes oh, here, with 12 stitches in his thumb. I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, we all know Tom's a great player. and Yeah, I mean, he played a, played a average game, but uh, it wasn't open heart surgery out there. All right, we'll just relax. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the most words he's ever said to the media. Yeah. No, it was very... Uh, High praise for Danny Amendola. Uh, he said, if you look up good football player in the dictionary, Danny's picture's right there. And the guy is clutch. He's, he, you know, in, every, in the last two Super Bowls, he's been By the way, incredible and made a lot of understated plays. But Just want to say that whenever anyone says that dumbass cliche, that, that's bullshit. That's just a lie. <laughs> the picture in the dictionary? Yeah. It's, look, I got a dictionary actually right here. Huh, oh, my God. Huck me in here. Can you show? We actually have a dictionary here. A weird There's no pictures of, of any of anyone. No, just a bunch. Of, oh, some, there is some pictures. Yep. But I mean, Amandola is not in here, and it's, neither is 99.9 percent of anyone who's ever been mentioned in that cliche. That's because this oh, year they're going to revise it. He's right. going in. Well, you know what? Yeah, you okay. you yeah you look up uh, you look up uh, correct in the dictionary about this, and you you'll find me. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that. hey, Amandola is a football player. He's just one of those guys like just loves you, you know you can play probably every position. He's a gamer, but uh, jumping back to the NFC, Minnesota Vikings. You know it's tough, obviously not making to the Super Bowl. But where do you go from here? What's they've got a really weird off season with three QBs, and they're not any further ahead than they were at this time. Yep, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Brent. Uh, that leads us into my favorite section, our sorry section. Brought to you by good Canadian boy, Justin Bieber, a friend of Muskoka Flyboard, good flyer. And uh, we love Bieber on the, on the show. He gave me $250 million when I was his age. Well, Jesus, I'd have about 27 tigers and injuries from my magic carpet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because, I mean, I made hell with 25 bucks. $250 million? Woo! Uh, we are Sorry! Sorry! Case Keenum, because you know what? I think you're going to get screwed out of this whole thing. I think you are the quarterback of Minnesota. I'm not saying you're one of the best in the league, but you're better than Teddy. What is everyone seeing that I'm not seeing? I am sorry. I don't see it. That year he brought them to the playoffs. That was Adrian Peterson. It was a great defense. That was a great O-line. Then Teddy was a game manager. Case Keenum made some non-game manager plays this postseason and to get them here. Like I don't like any of their quarterbacks too much. I think, you know, honestly, best decision, get rid of all of them, trade up in the draft, go with one of these rock star studs. Maybe you keep Case for another year, help him learn, but you get a guy with a higher ceiling, a guy who could be special on your roster. Because right now, no one in the fan base has someone. Look, having a quarterback is like having a girlfriend, okay? You only want to date her if you can see something long-term, okay? Maybe it's not ready right now, but... There's a high ceiling. She could be special, all right? Uh, and, and, like, consistent. Like, she, she, she's ready to go. Uh, and, and she might be the one, and that's why you date her. And right now, the Vikings don't have one of those QBs, you know? 
No, you're right, Jeff. I, I think the Vikings this offseason definitely need to go right out to the franchise quarterback store, pick one up, and just and just put plop them in there. Yeah. No, look, no, look, no, no. The no. Eagles went to that store two years ago, worked out pretty good for them. Oh, they great, were in yeah. a horrible quarterback situation. They had Sam Bradford. And they had just fired their coach. They had Foles, too. All right? But you know what? They trusted their eyes, and they saw Carson Wentz, just like your host Jeff Hewlett did. So, yes. And... They traded up from nowhere. They weren't, they weren't predicting, expected to get a franchise quarterback. They weren't picking one or two. You trade up, you go get the guy, because in the current salary cap system, with the rookie cap being cheap, as in you can sign a top-tier one or two uh, overall pick to a relatively somewhat cheap bargain compared to what that pick's going to be making as like a franchise quarterback anyway. So you may, hey, may as well go get him. The Eagles did it. Vikings might have to. But it's not Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of teams have been trying that for a while, and a lot of teams aren't as lucky, lucky to land someone like Carson Wentz. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, they, they drafted Teddy Bridgewater. He hasn't played in two years. So, yes, two, three years ago when he was actually on the field, for sure he wasn't all there. He was not, you know, a stud that, uh, you know, you could see totally franchise quarterback written all over him. Right. But time has passed. He's become smarter even while injured, and no one really knows where he's at right now. Uh, the only team that knows is Minnesota. I'm just saying... Higher ceiling than both those guys. Right now, the Vikings are dating three girls they know they don't want to marry. <laughs> yeah, Bradford, Bradford's probably the best, but he's a cripple. His knee is done. Done. Get him out of here. Done. Keenum, you've seen your ceiling, okay? I, I, a lot I think of things he's the went, best of the three. A lot. No, I disagree. A lot, because, of, things, a lot of things went right. What, what, what have you seen of no, Teddy that no, I haven't? I'll see, I'll, sorry. sorry. A lot of things went right this season for him. Pat Shermer was, you know, built an incredible system for him. He had... A ton of health on offense with Thielen, Diggs. I mean, yeah, Dalvin Cook went down, but they still had a great running attack. And yeah, he's just, we've seen the best that Keenum can be, and it's not good enough. We saw him face adversity with Fair. the Eagles, and he Fair. couldn't get it done. Fair. So you would, so, you know, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing. Should have lost to the Saints, too. I'm just saying, I haven't seen anything from Teddy that would make me, as a Vikings uh, general manager, get rid of Case Keenum, not draft a top-tier quarterback, possibly even in the first round, to get you, your organization, and your fan base dating someone you might want to marry someday. Because that's the point. That's why you go on first dates, all right? Case Keenum is also 32 years old, and I'm not sure where the Vikings draft, but I can't imagine it's anywhere near the top of the first round. Yeah, probably not, but you could always trade up. Uh, not from the, all the way to the bottom. It's kind of tough. I'm just saying that's what I'd do. Sign Case, get rid of Teddy. Get rid of or, or, or how, how or, much you sign a case to these guys? You know Anthony Barr's contract's coming yeah, up. Yeah, you know what? I don't know, but maybe fran Hey, I franchise case. They're saying they don't want to. Anyway, we are sorry, case, because you're probably gonna get the boot here. And uh, I think it's for a guy named Teddy Bridgewater that hasn't proven to me that he's uh, who any NFL team should want to marry. <laughs> we are sorry, sorry to Kirk Cousins because your team doesn't think they want to marry you either. <laughs> You're going to hit the free market somewhere, and I guess we'll find out about you. Are you a sandwich material? Broncos. That's an old term we Jags. used to use back in high school because our, uh, our buddy's girlfriend, Josie, we went over to his house, and she just had made him sandwiches to, before hockey practice. Sandwiches. I was in grade 10. No girlfriend had ever made, you know, made me anything besides, like, call her back. <laughs> Lock it up. Lock her up. Yeah, sandwich material. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins. You'll be going somewhere. Your team don't want you, but... We are sorry, sorry, to Jacksonville again. Ho hopefully, uh, it was. Hope you had fun knocking at the door. You're not even going to be on the street for a long time. 
Blake is not the guy of the future, you also don't want to marry him. And we are sorry. Sorry. Uh, to anyone who picked Gronk over on props picks because that was a great pick. He was definitely going to go over five and a half. Sorry. Concussions happen. Yep. Can I make a sorry? Yep. Long-time listener, first-time apologizer. Oh. Um, big apology to the city of Philadelphia and the Eagles. Sorry. Um, earlier in the year, I really said that your season was toast as soon as Carson Wentz went down, not having uh, any faith in Mr. Mr. Foles, Big Dick himself. So, big Dick Nick. We're sorry, Philly. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You got you to gotta do the beaver. You got to do, do it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, with a baritone. All right, thanks, Beebs. Not supposed to hit those notes. Farvin' beauty. Oh uh, yeah. By the way, Eagles, get used to it, okay? They are the new. Di- I'm predicting, just like I predicted, Wentz was going to be awesome. Uh Peterson, offensive coach, quarterback, turn coach. I like these. Uh they are, especially when Brady retires, they'll be my pick. Well, I think to get you know to get to the Super Bowl with who I think is the most complete quarterback. Uh, you're not quite at his prime yet. I mean, when Tom retires, you probably go Aaron next. But hey, eventually, eventually, when the QB boomers, if you will, retire, uh, it'll be Carson Wentz's game uh, and league. So get used to it. And the, Eagles, the Eagles are going to be the Pats of the NFC. My my call for the next 15 years. Carson Wentz is going to get some rings. He might get one as a might get one as a backup this uh, in a couple weeks. We'll see. But I'm predicting do your job three. That's leading us right into our Hugh picks. You. All right. Again, we're going to do our official Super Bowl pre-show next week. Same look who's talking time. Same look who's talking channel. That's uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. By the way. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, tell your friends. Uh, grab their phones. Subscribe. Don't even tell them. Who cares? We love you. Uh, all right. Our picks this week. Taking the Pats to win the game. Right now, they are five and a half or six point favorite, depending on where you look. You can get them down at the money line or you can tease the game. Uh, a teaser pick is nice, okay? It means you can get seven points either either on the over-under or the game. Or if there's multiple games, you could, well, you know, get seven points either way on the spread. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take New England to not lose the game by one. <laughs> so that's a, a seven-point teaser spread the other way. So I'm getting New England plus one instead of New England minus six. And then I, the, the, the current over-under is 48. I'm going to take that down to 41 and go over. That is my number one pick for the Super Bowl. Pats plus one. And so you get even money. It's like picking one game, but you have to pick two, but they give you seven points either way. I like it. That's what I'm doing. I think the Pats are going to win the game. The Eagles spread right now. That's a juicy spread. All right. Pats for the last four of the last five important games have been losing and have to come back to uh, to win these games. Even I mean, Tennessee, they shit kick, but yo, they were down. Yeah. God. And, um, yeah. Fun fact in every Pats Super Bowl they've ever played in. Um, or at least the Tom Brady has played in. Um, every game has been decided by four points or less. Right. Uh, win or lose. In, the only exception to that um, is last year because they won with a touchdown in overtime. But I mean, it went to overtime, so they were going to be yeah. a tight one. Yeah, they were down twenty-eight-three. Uh, what a Super Bowl! We're going to talk about our our top five favorite favorite Super Bowl moments uh, at the end of the show. But yeah, 
Uh, I'm taking the over in the game anyway. 48. Both these teams have high offensive snap counts. As in, both these teams like to play a lot of football. You're not going to see two teams really draining the clock too much. Uh, so I like, the, I like the game to go over. 48. Again, I'm going to tease it, but I'm giving you that prop. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's the Pro Bowl this weekend. You might not watch it, but uh, we will. We like football. And I'm taking Russell Wilson, who never takes a playoff. I'm going to take the NFC to victory. There you go. Official Hugh Picks. Uh, Pro Bowl pick for you. We're going to make our official spread pick next week on the game. As far as that, Eagles, six, five and a half. I want to see the health status of basically everyone. You got the extra week. Belichick's taking it. I think Andy Reid's going to be helping out the Eagles coaches. They're taking it. We're taking it too. Uh, but we're going to give you some pointers uh, right after this. But that's two picks for this week. Uh, Brent, yo, how do you think? Okay, let's say you wake up. Pat's lost. All right. How did it happen? Like, let's say if the, like they lose the Super Bowl. Why? Like, what would have to happen? What would the Eagles have to do? Uh, first and foremost, Nick is going to have to put on a clinic like he did last week. Um, they're, you know, they're going to need to put up a ton of points um, and, you know, keep that offense on the field. Uh, like Garrett's going to be pounding the rock. Um, obviously, the running game has been working for them. Um, you know, the receivers are underrated. So I think, yeah, offensively, it's not going to be an issue. Um, I think the Eagles' secondary is going to pose a problem. Their secondary and their pass rush is going to pose a problem. I'm not saying it's a problem that they can't surmount, but this is sort of, in my mind, playing like a Jacksonville, again, with not quite as good DBs, and a better, but a better quarterback, you know, and a running game I like a bit more. Like, just, again, yeah. I, I, maybe a set, like 28-24 Pats win, in a similar style of game, kind of. No, it's... Uh, Come from behind, but never too far away. Absolutely, yeah. No, the Eagles uh, Eagles D is, you know, is incredibly strong. Um, you know, there's going to be a couple of series where, yeah, Pats go three and out. Like, it's going to happen. Um, and again, it, there's something to be said, and I think it goes both ways. Pats have been here before. They've done that. 75% of the team's back, you know? So that's a good thing for a lot of reasons. But it ain't a bad thing. I think, for instance, just like the Falcons came out smoking last year against a team that's been there before, been there, done that. They came out hot. The Eagles know they're playing the greatest coach, greatest quarterback, the greatest dynasty of all time. If that doesn't get you hyped up, you're not far and alive. So I think the first quarter, there's going to be some energy that'll be hard to surmount uh, from the defensive line, from special teams, from that whole Eagles team. And every Eagles fan in that stadium. Yeah. I think we might see a similar Super Bowl to the to last year with not quite as insurmountable odds and a similar result. Yeah, they're the Cinderella story. I think it's they, gonna be a good game. They're you know, they're not afraid of anybody. Um, yeah, they're you know, Destiny's team and the Pats yeah. have never scored a touchdown in the opening quarter of a Super Bowl. Yep. Also, by the way, totally unrelated. Really, really? No, oh yeah, I remember that do your job too. Uh, check that out, YouTube. Do your job too. I watch. Find both. out how the Patriots uh, win football. Most of their football games. I watch both. Do your job. There's one room that's all whiteboards. Did you see that? They blanked out what's what's on it, but it's all whiteboards. It's like what it was like the CIA. It was amazing. And it's all blanked out, like on the in the video. The entire room, the ceiling was far and whiteboarded, like they're painting like the the 
the the I don't know the thing in Rome that's Sistine got Chapel. the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Mike would have got that. All right. Okay. These are my top five Super Bowl Huck Media. If you could find some old NFL films music for this, I would love that. Like my top five Super Bowl moments. Okay. These are football related. Uh, not involving like any tits or. Uh, by the way, yeah. And if I, I had to have seen it, okay, I'm not talking about stuff from like the 50s, 60s, even 70s wasn't alive. Even early 80s wasn't watching. Yeah. Uh, sure we, you did some great stuff, Bart Doing Star. baby stuff. Sorry, man. Don't you remember the first four years of your life? In fact, you should probably just take four years away from your age whenever you say it. Like, hey, you know, you don't remember the first four. Do they really count? Anyway, uh, there you go. Okay, my top five Super Bowl moments of all time. Again, football plays. Okay, number one. Pats, 28-3. The comeback, the entire... Co- that, that, when, the, when the comeback finished, and you knew you had just seen the best comeback of all time. Look, I'm a Bills fan. Brady's been kicking our ass for 15 years. But uh, greatness is greatness. And the fact that, that game wasn't over at 28-3 with three minutes left, and then you watched it, for the rest of your life as a football fan, it will never be over. And you won't be an idiot for saying that. Yeah, that's uh, that's you know the hottest chick you'll ever be with. Yep, it's life is downhill for sporting moments. If from I here see on out. if I see something that beats that, that will that'll be even better. And you know, probably I'll die of a heart attack. Change my pants again. All right, uh, I was in China watching that at six thirty in the morning on my, on my laptop. By the way, with wow. a Chinese waitress who had no idea what sport we were watching. Why do they stop so much? Great, excellent question. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Leona. All right, uh, number two. Uh, I'm going with San Antonio Holmes catch. The, the, the didn't, it wasn't a walk-off. It didn't end the game. Arizona actually had 56 seconds and a sack fumble end of the game. But it was the most amazing, craziest throw and catch to win a Super Bowl I, I think I've ever seen and will ever see. With these absolute, just the most beautiful, graceful, when it's in slow motion, you, you know. It's ballerina toes. Like, Quintoris. You know, play John Butler trio Oceans and watch that play in slow motion. And it's, it's football at its finest. And Ben, it looks like he, as soon as he threw it, he's like, I thought it was picked because it sailed just barely beautifully over the hands of two different Cardinals defenders to the very absolute spot, literally maybe eight feet up, maybe nine, ten feet up, probably ten feet up at the very corner of the end zone, only where Antonio Holmes could catch it, which capped off. San Antonio Holmes catching like 10 balls uh, that uh, second half to win the game in a great Super Bowl. Steelers-Cardinals. Incredible. The only place that ball could have been. Uh, oh, man. And again, that's rising to the occasion. What are you going to do in life? Opportunity's going to knock. You're going to open the door. You're going to slam it shut. You're going to pretend no one's there. Look, you're going to get nervous. Use that nerves to propel you to things that you know you can do but haven't done before rather than letting them scare you. Woo! Uh, San Antonio Holmes did it. He was mic'd up for the game. He even said, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Uh, okay. Number three. The inter- <laughs> the Pats interception. Yo, you got to give Marshawn Lynch the ball. Forever. Forever. Until literally forever, Pete Carroll and Marshawn Lynch will be answering those same questions for the rest of their lives. And Marshawn, his answer is, I know. <laughs> And but every Seahawks, every Seahawks fan forever, when they see Pete Carroll, they're like, oh man, I bet. Like, great to meet you, Pete. Wow, Pete Carroll. Hey, how are you? Super Bowl champ. One time. Hey man, 
Could have been two. Why did you give it to Marshawn? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Malcolm Butler with the really instinctual crazy play. Watch the, watch the episode. Do your job one. Uh, yeah, Malcolm, ran, Malcolm Butler. They, got they read the it. play. It was a pick play. They run the ball. Don't overthink yourself. All right. Number four, we're going with Wide Right, the first Super Bowl I ever watched I, that I can remember. Uh, I think I saw a Niners one, but again, I was like four. I don't remember. I don't know. The Niners were this team in my blurry years that was just amazing. I never saw. Uh, the Bills. Man, people were fired up in the greater Toronto area. My fa- family included, my dad included. I remember as a kid being like, this team isn't even from Canada. Why is this so important? And then he missed the field goal. I just remember thinking, ah, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> and it wasn't. Wide right. The rest of the three Bills Super Bowls uh, weren't as close. No particular moments to think of. And number five, Rams-Titans at the one-yard line. I that, just remember thinking, we're watching it, and holy, I was watching it with my hockey team, Mississauga Terriers, and uh, we're watching it like a jackass. There's some team lunch at a tournament. And all the dads are just got up like it comes down to the one yard line. And I literally remember like most of the Super Bowls before this. This is this is the Super Bowl that kind of sparked Super Bowls being close for the next 15 years. Because a lot of them before that were not too close. Comes down to the one yard line and the Rams uh, tackle the Titans receiver on the one yard line and lose the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, depending on who you're cheering for, by one yard. Mr. Kevin Dyson. Hell of a play! reached out a little anyway, short those are my five uh honorable mentions sort of uh the, the super bowl that was the most fired up for ever was the perfect season attempt by new england 2007 i mean giants new england i still think that was also the best team ever they never won a super bowl but i would pick that team over anyone um, best pats team hands down yep and uh dallas Man, that was the Dallas with the triplets, Aikman, Emmett Smith, uh, and Michael Irvin. Yo, those Super Bowls just weren't close. They shit kicked the Bills two Super Bowls in a row and uh, then came back a couple years later, won a sort of close one against Bill Cowher's Steelers. Yeah, those. Yeah, that was like watching a party. You know, it was like, man, football looks fun. That's why everyone fell in love with Dallas, if you don't know why. Because yeah. uh, they were having a good time. They were the cool kids. The real Super Bowl in those years uh, with Dallas was two two weeks prior, battling it out with San Fran. The NFC Championship games were were all time. Anyway, those are my five. Uh, write us in if I missed one or if you think I'm an idiot. Well, hey, you're probably right. <laughs> but you know what? I called the Eagles last week, and uh, I'm calling the Pats in the Super Bowl, and I got a whole bunch of props picks next week. But we're going to news that doesn't matter. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Now, a little bit of news that doesn't matter. We got a lot, so let's get to it. The referees have been announced for the Super Bowl, and guess, guess who made it? Uh, but Mr. Grinning Gene, Mr. Index Card himself, Gene Steratore. Friend of the show. We absolutely love him. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the mob boss of the referees. Yeah, really thought uh, he blew those chances on that, uh, that questionable game against Dallas, but hey, he made it. They gave it to him. That was the most watched moment of the regular season. They could pretend to be mad at him and, 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 you know, like, you know, saying, hey, don't do that, but somebody went to a back room, lit a cigar, had fucking Weisers, and was like, that was awesome. We had like a million, you know, 50 million people watch that. What do you mean he's measuring with a cart? 
A little over a year ago, Mr. Alshon Jeffrey made a bold claim this past offseason um, in a quote saying, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. And pretty much everyone laughed at the time because at the time he played for the Chicago Bears. Fast forward, present day, and Alshon and the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Bold, bold claims. Um, you know, I love when people are cocky and follow it up. Wasn't he on the Bears at the time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He was, he was a member of the Bears. And everyone's like, wow, you're, yeah, what's meth like? Dude's a gypsy. <laughs> yeah. Future teller Alshon. We'll see how that holds up in a uh, little over, a little less than two weeks' time. And, yeah, with New England and Philly finishing as the number one seeds and advancing the Super Bowl, it marks um, that the last nine of ten top-seeded teams have advanced to the Super Bowl, um, dating back to tw- 2013. And the only number one seed that didn't make it during that span um, was last year and the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. But, um, yeah, pretty awesome testament, um, you know, to the, to the regular season of the NFL and that, you know, the top teams have, have rose to the top. Speaking of the Cowboys, by the way, I think the Rams are going to be next year's Cowboys. Built with a young game manager-like quarterback with a fantastic running game. And uh, I see them falling off a cliff a bit. They get the first place schedule. Uh, which is a lot harder than the schedule they had last year. Uh, maybe Gurley gets a bit hurt, you know? And uh, anyway, I predict the Rams fall off a cliff next year. I'm not saying they're horrible. They're just going to have an off year, miss the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is back. Jimmy G develops. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of QBs in the mix. But, um, yeah, earlier this week, the Patriots announced that they'll be wearing white jerseys in this year's Super Bowl. And they're 3-0 and wearing white jerseys in the Super Bowl. And over the past 14 years... 13 of said 14 teams have won the Super Bowl wearing the whites. Who's the team that didn't? The 2011 Green Bay Packers. Oh! Yeah, so kind of weird stat. I mean, big hey. picture doesn't mean anything, but but yeah, they, uh, you know, you got to go with what works, and if it's not broken, don't fix it. I'm pretty sure there's studies about that. Like, there's teams, there's someone, someone told me once, like, teams that wear red tend to do better than teams that, like, wear, like, a different color that isn't black or white. Anyway, I don't, that's not bullshit, but, like, I'll, I'll check it out. Former Patriot, Mr. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy GQ, he just keeps on winning. Um, not only does he have two Super Bowl rings as a backup, uh, he might get a third one, as well as a bonus of over $100,000 because the Pats advanced the Super Bowl. He's collecting seventy nine k, and uh, if they win it, he's he's getting like one hundred fifty or something, as well as a third ring because he was you know started the ro- started the season as a Patriot. You know, can something bad happen to this guy? I mean, I don't feel like. He- Literally, he's played four good games of football, and he has the, the like, if you look, went to his, like, award room, you know what I mean? Like, what a great career. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's got, like, $50 million, three Super Bowl rings, pictures, you know, I don't know. And another beneficiary of New England's success over the past, uh, you know, couple of years, last season in particular, is Mr. John Gorky who that name definitely doesn't mean uh, a thing to anybody, but he is the guy who tweeted at Jeannie Bouchard last year saying, if the Pats come back, you, will you go on a date with me? You know, seeing... Who's Jeannie Bouchard? The tennis player. The, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the hottie. Um, absolute babe. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he tweeted at her, and she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. They're not going to come back. But thanks, Tom. They did. And social media called her out on it, and they went on a date. They, and then they went on a second date. Shut up. And they've been spotted being, you know... In, like, tropical destinations. No this guy's, like, legitimately dating her. And I think they're... Are they going... So the NFL tweeted at them. NFL Canada tweeted at them this year. It's like, hey, uh, Genie and whatever his, you know, Twitter handle is. 
Super Bowl this year on us. And, you know, who's going to say no to, you know, free Super Bowl tickets. So, yeah, they're both going again. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Moral of the story. Shoot your shot. We talked about it last week. You got it. You're throwing off Hail Marys. Some of them are going to stick, kids. Hey, 1% chance ain't that bad. All right? That's how rich men get rich. Successful people get successful. People fall in love. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Empire State Building and their social media team, they were really quick to congratulate the two teams for advancing to the Super Bowl. So the Eagles and the the Pats, um, you know, they have those like LED light shows on the top of the building. And so on one side of the building, they had green and white for Philly. And the other side, they had red and blue for the Pats which seems like a really nice gesture until you realize that both of those teams are the fiercest rivals of your local team. Yeah, your entire city and people. If you said the most, the top two hated teams by New Yorkers, Philly and the Pats, hands down. So they got absolutely torn to shreds on social media. (laughs) I think the entire, you know, state, you know, wrote in, called in to freak out. But uh, it was hilarious. (laughs) They're like, yeah, look what we did. We're we're current. We're relevant. I love... When social media managers get in trouble. I mean, they, you got to be new and fresh and always on. But, uh, yeah, usually it always bites someone in the, in the balls. Mark Wahlberg called everyone in New York. I was like, hey, how, you know, how's your mother? <laughs> <laughs> Vince Papali himself. Vince Papali, baby. We called it. Fly, Eagles, fly. Last but not least, on the news that matters, in a jam-packed week, ESPN is looking for the replacement for John Gruden, um, for the, host of, the co-host of Monday Night Football. And the lead candidate right now is the sheriff himself, Mr. Peyton Manning. Oh, let's go. Yeah, I want this to happen so bad. I would watch him commentate any game, no matter how bad the matchup, because not only is he a football savant, but the guy is funny as hell. I don't know if you ever saw when he hosted SNL. Oh, yeah. He was great. Oh, yeah. I would love it. I think he'd be great in the booth. Yeah. (laughs) Thought maybe he'd coach a team. (laughs) No, that's way too much work. He saw how nice uh, Tony Romo's got it in the booth, getting a whack of cash, and you know, you're still close enough to the game. So I think it's a great move, and please, Peyton, say yes. I think our show is almost done. <laughs> uh, thank you, voice of God. Welcome to church here. Look who's talking. Uh, we're Mike's in Bangkok. Uh, stay away from the lady boys, bud. Good luck. You know what? He probably didn't. Uh, <laughs> Remember, for smart Super Bowl bets and props, we're going to give you a full rundown next week. But just in case you're gone, take the wide receiver uh, to get oh, go over. Wide receiver one on the team that you think that's going to be losing. So if you think the Eagles are going to be losing, take Alshon Jeffrey over on receptions. Take running back one to get over rushing yards the team that you think is going to be winning. If you think the Eagles are going to be winning, take Jai Ajayi over. Those are just two little tidbits of a whole whack of timbits next week. Uh, again, stay away from the Gatorade. Belichick ain't getting wet, but we are We're fired up for the Super Bowl. On behalf of Huck Media, look who's talking. See you later. Woo! Freestyler. Rock the microphone. Straight from the top of my dome. Freestyler. Rock the microphone. Carry on with the freestyler.